liar, you son of a... On the side of my face. Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Pitch Rangers. I'm your host Josh. And I'm Shane. And this episode, we are discussing space. Are you screaming, Josh? Because I can't hear you because we're in space. Oh no. (laughs) How about you maintain that distance and give me that space? I need some space, Josh. Give me some space. Yeah, we're just two different people. The, the three months that we had off for coronavirus wasn't enough space. <laughs> I'm sick of it already. <laughs> space movies, the final frontier. <laughs> Something. Oh, that's TV shows, isn't it? Oh, no, it's oh, movies well, now Space too. is space. Space is whatever. Space is space. Well, so we pick three movies. Mm-hmm. I recommend you one that I have seen that you haven't. You recommend me one that you've seen that I haven't. And then we both watch one that neither of us have seen. That's the format. <laughs> that's the format now. And we're going to stick to it for as long as we can, hopefully. <laughs> as long as we're alive. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to lead us off with your film? Sure thing. Well, my pick was, and interestingly enough, I picked a film I also haven't seen. Excellent. Because I've been meaning to watch it for a while. So I picked Inner Space. Because I wanted to also, I figured, you know, that we'd have a couple of space, space, you know, stars and off-planet Earth. So I wanted to pick space that wasn't quite that. So I it, particularly loved this film and also <laughs> loved this angle you took with it. Like right, topic, right. I, it's been on my list for ages and then I was just sort of prompted because I read Martin Short's autobiography and he talks about the movie because he's in this movie. Mm. He's so wonderful. He's one of my favourite actors. And um, I, I went in kind of expecting it to be a bit more cut and dry in terms of I thought it'd be a bit more of just a high adventure, 80s Spielberg toned thing. And it has that. But I wasn't uh, estimating uh, Joe Dante's demented sense of humour just no. permeating through this, this movie. full Looney Tunes. Yeah, That's what it added is. to Martin Short, because he's not a conventional leading man, Martin Short. He's a very specific kind of leading man. Yeah. And they have a leading man in, in um, uh, oh God, I forgot his name. Dennis Quaid, yeah. thank you. Who I was like, oh, Dennis Quaid was young and attractive, and not just everyone's dad for like everything. Also, he actually smiled once right? in his life. Like, like he's always grumpy now. <laughs> yeah, he's the grumpy dad in every single movie, mm. but he's not in this. Um, and so basically, it's the plot. You, you, like everyone who, even if you've never heard of this movie, you would know the plot. It's the plot is that like a, an officer guy gets shrunk down and put inside a man's body, and he's like in a little ship exploring the body. We've seen all the versions of this and the parodies of this in The Simpsons, in The Magic School Bus, and all that kind of thing. But this is the movie that kind of originated that thing. And it's uh, Spielberg produced, Joe Dante directed, Joe Dante famous for Gremlins, obviously. Um, I love. I, I expected to like it, but I didn't expect to love it quite as much no, as I did. Me, like a solid punch to the so face. So good. So yeah. funny. So deeply funny. Like, you know, just, mm. I, I think, you know, uh, Martin Short's line readings alone, like when he's <laughs> like, when he starts hearing the voices, he's like, I'm possessed. <laughs> like, it just, it's perfection. And so much of that is just Martin Short acting on camera because there's obviously no, you know, voice inside of his no, head. No, no. Um, coupled to that, like these brilliant practical effects of like inside the body with like the blood cells and all that. And they've done these practically, I'm assuming like a mix of miniatures and a couple of compositing things. Sorry, that's my water coming back. And, um, (laughs) 
someone's inside of you. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it was so good. And then, like, when he does the face-changing thing. Oh, my God. That was that, so good. That, a- that entire sequence, the first time, with, like, that, and then the Texas switch that follows. Like, yeah, the they use a Texas switch. They're split diopters. It's such a fun, wild ride of a movie. Yeah. And oh. it's better than all of the parodies of it. Yeah. That's what I kind of found too. And, you know, there's just this really demented Looney Tunes stuff. You know, mm. like when there's there's a group of people that get sort of half shrunk at some point in the movie <laughs> and they have them in giant sets to make a, these adults look tiny and, that you know, there's, they're holding a giant this, phone or there's the yeah. backseat of a car and it's just big. Yeah. And I was just like, this is fucking It's essentially boss. the same techniques they use for Lord of the Rings, but like years earlier. Yeah, and like yeah, For yeah, comedy yeah. purposes. And also, this is going to be Spielberg approached Zemeckis for this, and I don't think it would have worked with him. It would have been too. It probably wouldn't have been straight. as demented, but like yeah. all the effects and stuff all would have been be about good. the same. But Joe Dante has also been very good with those too. Yeah. I think yeah. we sort of forget that in in the whole like Robert Zemeckis doing all these really wild CGI things. We we mm. forget that Joe Dante was pretty good with that stuff too. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I adored it. Yeah. It's brilliant. As far as exploring right. space, I thought it was really cool. I thought. Yeah. You know, there's still like sort of the, the big unknowns, and the, you know, it has the aesthetic of space, space, but it's all of these body parts. And yeah. I just thought that was brilliant. You know, and they even got like a sort of a 2001 esque version when they're inside a pregnant woman. Yeah, spoiler yeah, alert. Played by Meg Ryan, oh. who is just having a fucking blast. The champion movie. in this as well. She's so good. so good. Even though it's not like a huge role, she's just clearly enjoying the shit out of what she's doing, which yeah. is just so much fun. But Martin Short for me was it's the combination of Martin short as the lead and joe dante's sense of humor that elevate this movie beyond sort of mm-hmm. a very what i expected it to be so good so yeah. much fun did you spot the numerous bugs bunnies around? oh yeah all yeah. the way through yeah. them all the way through yeah. the movie. if you don't know too joe, joe dante went on to direct looney tunes back in action which i need to watch it's, good. it's on my list it's good. it's, it's Fuck Space Jam. I don't like Space Jam. <laughs> it's better than that. And it's also oh, a response really? You don't like Space, Space Jam? No, I don't Everyone like it. Everyone adores it. I loved it as no. a kid. Look, I remember loving yeah. it as a kid. But Also, standout for me was, um, looking up the name now, Vernon Wells, who played the villain, like, Mr. Ego, or, like, the one with, like, the interchangeable hand, like, the fake <gasps> oh hand. Oh, my God. That was such... All the villains in this are yeah. just so wonderfully, yeah. like, caricatured. And, and what, what was fun for me, because I spotted it instantly, was, like, he actually said he did base his performance on Arnold and Terminator and I could tell especially yes. in that like, yes. more scene when he's like walking around and I was like that is perfection yeah. for me yeah yeah it's it's so perfect I loved it Dennis Quaid was hot as well like I was just like oh I'm, this movie is giving me literally everything I could possibly want in a movie <laughs> Um, and it didn't even feel like a two hour. It's like a nearly two hour movie, and it never it's felt a like straight two, yeah. like two hours. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. did not feel like that for me. I loved it to pieces. So what uh, what uh, sci fi film? <laughs> what space film did you bring us, Josh, on the other end of the spectrum? Yeah, the complete other end of the spectrum. Like not necessarily in a bad way, but <laughs> it's just um. So it's um Claire Dennis Denis like, Claire oh, Denis. It is Denis. Yeah. Okay. Claire Denis. Yeah, for um, High Life, starring Robert Patterson as the lead. It is a sort of explores existential space sex very drama. very futurist and like yeah it's just, ah. <laughs> well, so the basic plot I guess although it's revealed see I don't even know if it's a spoiler because they reveal it as they go but basically prisoners on a ship sent mm. instead of being in prison. They're sort of sent to do scientific experiments with yeah. a black hole, 
instead of being in jail yeah. for their whole lives, they get to go on a Which ship. Which is a suicidal mission, pretty much. Yeah, and anyway. Um, and, and then it's sort of these sort of contemplations on humans, mm. human condition, the life cycle, sex, because they're not allowed to have sex. Yeah. So, And this is, you know, it's, it's Robert Pattinson, um, uh, Juliette Binoche. Um, oh, what's her name from Little Women? Uh, I keep forgetting her name. So I keep wanting to say it's Meg, but it's not. She plays Meg <laughs> in Little Women. Uh, oh, Mia Goth. That's yeah. right, Mia Goth. She's also from... I loved her in uh, uh, the A Cure for Wellness. She's yeah. sort of the creepy girl. Wait, is she Meg in Little Women? I thought that was the Australian actress. It was it? Oh, yeah, I keep... we're, we're off kilter here, but anyway. Yeah. what what? Claire... Is it, she's the one who dies, isn't it? <laughs> Nissel, Meg little. dies, doesn't she? Yeah, Meg dies. Yeah, but it's but that's not Mia Goth. No, right? Okay. Yeah, they look similar. It's um, I forget her name, but she's an Australian actress who was in right. Sharp Objects. Right, right, um, right, right. But um, uh, so and it's this dark. It's very violent. I didn't expect this to no, be as violent as it, but it's quite intense. It's very abstract because I remember when this came out and it was quite polarizing and a lot of people like nah Mm. it's not good and i get the impression that they went in thinking they were getting interstellar yeah they think it's more straight face but and it's a very abstract movie it is it rarely sort of sticks to a traditional narrative structure but not in here's the thing that i I noticed about it i quite liked is that it is it is aggressively it's very transgressive in terms of form and content but it is never pretentious about it which i find you never get that in movies. Yeah. It's sort of, it's not sort of this faux nihilism that's so fashionable at the moment. It's just, it's very certain in its its vision and it kind of doesn't give a fuck about sort of giving anything to you. You have to come to it yeah. exclusively. Yeah. Well, it, if I, sorry, if I yeah, can no, like, no. her explanation of this is like, this is from her actual quotes. It's like, I always wanted it to start with a man and a baby as like sort of like a ritual to um, living persons with no despair in that moment. And then it would be flashbacks bringing in all of the despair. And so she also compared Patterson's character to the knight Percival, Arthurian legend, and then Benoche's character to Medea from Greek tragedy. So she's right. infusing all these like... I got those vibes so clearly. Like it's godly very... iconic themes and stuff like mashing together. And it's also... What she says is also about like tenderness and trust between you know father and daughter, yeah. and growing up there, and then dealing with uber violence yeah. around that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It gets some quite intense sort of moments in it. Um, but it's one of those movies that like I don't love this movie, but I can respect the shit out of it. And just like on a technical level, it is gorgeous, like perfection, technical mm. perfection. Just in, not both in the way that's shot, in the 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 design of the film, in the lighting, yeah, the futurist the, designs, the choices for the lighting, right, yeah. and the space stuff and the CGI, like mm. brilliant. I kind of put it up there with Interstellar, and it probably had like next to none of the budget that Interstellar no. had for mm. it. Uh, beautifully made movie, beautifully made movie. Um, I, I also think, so Juliette Binoche plays sort of this like sex doctor. Mm. On it. There's like one part where she goes into a room and then she sits on a dildo chair that then is furry for a bit, but then it's not furry anymore. It's and a it's chair from Burn Off the Reading. Yeah, and it's got <laughs> straps and she like 
gyrates all over. And I was messaging Josh when this happened. I'm like, what movie have you made me watch? Because <laughs> this happens like 20 minutes in. It does. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Um, and and she's it also is, got the, these... the camera just covers her body. It just goes through like yeah. very central. Yeah. Very French. Yeah. Um, and and also of note here, I think, is Juliette Binoche's hair extensions, oh, which are very long, deserve their own Oscar, their own trailer and personal <laughs> assistant. They are very, they're very yeah. big hair extensions. Um, but wonderful. So, and Juliette Binoche, apparently you were telling me... Um, Patricia Arquette was going to play Patricia Arquette was going to play their own. I kind of can't see Patricia Arquette in that, but then maybe she would do a really good job because of that. Because Patricia Arquette it did a really good job in... Um, there's a miniseries called The Act, mm-hmm. which is sort of... A, they tell a true fucked up story every yeah. season of different people. And, and this is the one that Patricia Arquette won sort of the Emmys for and the Golden sure. Globe for. Um, very good work. Highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. But it uh, was a very interesting movie. It's a movie like... I think I gave it four out of five stars, even yep. though I don't love it and I'm probably going to not revisit it. <laughs> May, I might... Refer, if I'm doing something in that vein, I might. But mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to revisit very often because it's a very hard watch as well. There's sort of yeah. this rape sequence that's very yeah. tough going. It's very... It, it, that's what I mean is that like it doesn't care about your feelings <laughs> mm. <laughs> towards but it, it. it. In saying that, it's also not cold as well. No, it's not, no, no. It's, it's, it's just human. Yeah, it's And it shows human. the ugly side of yeah. that without flinching away from it. Yes. It doesn't flinch away from the ugly or the yeah. beautiful in, yeah. in the same breath, which is a really, a really big accomplishment, I reckon. Yeah. Also, another casting situation with Patterson was she was originally wasn't going to go for him because... He found out because his script's like fifteen years old. She wanted to go. Oh wow! Yeah, so he was gonna do it like a few years ago, and she's like, "Oh no, you're too young." She wanted Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Oh wow! And that would have been an interesting like, movie. Very different sort of energy and presence to that. Because this then. is Claire Denis' first English language film, and she's been making films yeah. for decades and decades. Another another quote from her: She said she wanted to be English because she can't imagine French in space. She only imagines English or Russian. <laughs> I thought that was a very <laughs> interesting point to make. Oh, that's... Well, I guess because Russian because of the... Yeah, the uh, space race, yeah. Uh, well, not th- that, but also like... um, uh, Oh, what's his name? You know, Solaris mm. and, and that filmmaker. Yeah. Tarkovsky, that's yeah. it. I'm like, I should know this because he's like <laughs> one of the big names. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then our third pick... Which was, uh, I guess that's a weird way to lead off. It's, it's streaming on stand, by the by. Uh, yes. Inner Space is Google Play. You'd mm-hmm. have to get it. It's a bit harder to get hold of. High Life is streaming on stand at the moment. Yes. So I can recommend that. Um, and our third film is Apollo 13 by Ron Howard from mm-hmm. 1995. Five. Five. I was about to say four. 1995, uh, about the Apollo 13 um, disaster mission, yeah. mission mm-hmm. thing. And I, this is one that I've like heard about for like forever it got nominated for like seven oscars My, or something it, like that it's very much your 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 dad's watching this movie and you kind of like sit and you like look at it and yeah. you're like oh okay this is a, it is it's 90s yeah. filmmaking in one package yeah it's yeah. everything you expect a 90s movie by a 90s studio director like mm. ron howard doing a true story that's inspiring yeah. and about america yeah. and all these kind of things that being said, I was really, really entertained. Yes. I really liked it. Well, um, that's what I say about Ron Howard. Is like he's a journeyman director. Like he doesn't have always a clear voice, but he has a passion that like drags you in all the time. That being said, he still does make interesting formal decisions. Mm. I think um, you know there's split diopters through this. There's yes. interesting cam work, but he's not trying to have a set voice that then carries from film to film because yep. even like the Grinch has a really distinct voice to it but you wouldn't put the Grinch Apollo 13 and and Rush back to back and mm. then pick that these were done by the same director but they are and that's kind of a skill in and of itself he's very much a chameleon 
Um, one thing that bugged me in this movie is that they're wearing the headsets around their neck the whole time. And I'm mm. like, this would be annoying and it would be digging into you. Why aren't you wearing your headsets on your head like you're meant to be? Because everyone, even the friggin' people down in, in NASA were like wearing the headsets around their throat. And I'm like, you're going to get bad pickup on your mic because it's not built to pick it up from there. <laughs> just annoying. It was just this weird thing that the entire time I'm watching it. Um, shot by Dean Cundy. Oh, so he's, and this is the reason why it kind of looks exactly like 90s Hollywood because Dean Cundy's responsible for Back to the Future. He's responsible for Jurassic Park. He's famous, a lot more famous in sort of cult circles as being the John Carpenter's go-to cinematographer okay. for a while. He did uh, he, Halloween. is Halloween, sort of his big thing, breakout, yeah. The Thing. Um, he's also done Death Becomes Her. Yeah. He he's he just like he's like invented the language almost like yeah he like invented a lot of most decades, of the language like, that we use that we know although like they're trying to kill it with this sort of grey washy Audi Marvel look that we're going for <laughs> <laughs> oh sh- I shouldn't say that I'll offend the Marvel fans but um, oh no <laughs> like I miss that shame. I miss that that sort of shiny bright look from movies we don't mm. get that very often anymore. Um, I found the movie was at its strongest during like the procedural elements, the the technical Absolutely. sort of exposition heavy sequences, which weren't they weren't bore boring or anything. They were I found them very fascinating. I found the performances mm. through them very fascinating. I think that's how Ed Harris got his Oscar nomination because of those elements. Because the weak the, the weakest parts of the movie are where they've got the trumpet going. <laughs> And it's like this very like patriotic flag waving thing, and um, I just felt yeah. it. It that's and at the time, sure, but it, that stuff has dated very badly. Oh, look, patriotism me. in any form usually kills it for me. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It's it's sort of that dug, and and it seemed like the exact same uh, trumpet theme, and it seemed like a variation on the last post as well. Like it, melodically, it was a variation on the mm. the last post. And I was just sort of like, every time it came in, I was just like, oh, this is a part of the movie I wish we could get through <laughs> or just do like once or twice. But I mean, that's that's of its time. It's very of its time yeah. in that respect. Um, but, you know, he even had like a, a, a the, the vertigo shot when the first thing goes wrong and they do the, 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 the Hitchcock yes, vertigo shot yes. on Ed Harris. So it's got these elements in it that kept me engaged throughout. So I think it's a really fine example i don't think it's a, a it's the perfect movie but it's a very fine example of just solid studio filmmaking mm-hmm. of that era i think it had a really smart visual balance between the 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 large scale stuff and the very micro stuff like little dials and stuff on mm-hmm. on which was all very crucial to the story like this light flashing there the meter you know when they're trying to get the the co2 levels down oh that that got me that was hard. intense and they go. made it with like a book cover and and that but this yeah. is like all real it's like, it's like oh shit i ripped the bag and it's like what if we ripped the bag <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. I, I think more than not like sort of trying to survive in space always gets me on edge like that's just terrifying yeah oh, it's just... space and deep underwater yeah just too. where there's no oxygen are the two yeah. things that terrify me the mm. one thing i didn't like is that they spend those last moments of suspense of the will they or won't they make it through the thing and they spend it with the people in earth they don't spend it in the cabin we literally drop away from the cabin and i get it the point is to give us the three minutes of radio science yada yada but they're our main character tom hanks is our main character he narrates the sort of the final voiceover (laughs) to to the the apex of tension in that film is there to pull us away from the protagonist for that moment i just felt like it felt a little manipulative because obviously we're then going to be with the people on Earth. We're like, are they going to make it? Even though yeah. we know that they made it, but that felt a little 
disingenuous as opposed to the rest of the movie, which I thought did did stuff really... Well, it stayed with them, obviously. Well, and speaking yeah. of that final voiceover, that's worse than the titles at the end of True Stories where they go, such and such went to live with that. Two years later, he died. Yeah. You know, I hate those in True Story yeah, movies. It's, it's, really... like, it's like, well, he never went to space again. It's like, oh, God. The only time it works is in fiction movies, like in Legally Blonde, when they do fake titles about that characters yeah. that never exist. You know, Werner has no job offers, no girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. great. That yeah. is kind of thing cool, but it was a fun movie and a good space movie and sort of a clear sort of precursor to some of the First Man. It'd be a make it'd make a very interesting double with First Man mm. because First Man strips away all of that patriotism, yeah. much to the chagrin of of certain people on Twitter, yeah. uh, who were like, "Oh, they took away the." or something like that <laughs> so it's a very it'd make a very interesting double feature in that way and there's sort of two sides of the same kind of idea um i have found myself while watching the movie googling because i was like how do they get from the moon back up to the thing and then from that back to earth because that seems like a very difficult procedure yeah, so like, i was googling like slingshot the, it right yeah well like oh no just getting from the the lunar module back to the command module and then from mm. the command module back home. And so I found myself like Googling this process. <laughs> yep. So I was like, okay, this movie's put me in a mood and yeah, and, and yeah. put me down a rabbit hole. So it's very good, but very interesting aspects of space. We had a space comedy, a space sort of true story drama, and then this like existential say, art yeah. house film. Yeah, we like kind of like crossed, little, little bridges crossed the, the big sort of threshold spectrum. of yep. a spectrum yep. of, of, of different kind of space movies. Any other space, I mean, Interstellar is obviously a big one. Yeah. Uh, 2001. Yeah, Alien, that, uh, alien yeah. you know, uh, there's some of those, like, you, you can't talk about space and not bring up, you know, those staples. Mm. Gravity as well. Gravity is like one of my favourites. I, I found okay. a lot of people have, like, retroactively decided that they of think it's it the worst yeah, movie in the world. I think Gravity is great and I think it deserves recognition. That being said, I haven't watched it in 2D at home, so I don't know if it no, plays. I literally I mean, watched it 3D in the cinema like four so, times. Same, so big, yeah. And adored it and adored it. And I've watched all the behind the scenes stuff. Hmm. But I'll be interested to see if it kind of holds up because I feel like you're doing the movie a disservice to not watch it in the intended format. <laughs> so who knows? But I think I did buy the 3D Blu-ray on the occasion that I were to get a 3D TV of yeah. some description. But um, yeah, so that's space. If you guys have any other yeah. uh, interesting space movies, let us know. We're on social media. We're on uh, Instagram and uh I keep forgetting Instagram and Facebook. No, we're on Instagram, Instagram and Twitter, Twitter at Picture, Picture Rangers. Rangers. You can find us on Facebook at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. And you can email us at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. Uh, email us your if you have three space movie recommendations and we might read them out on the podcast. We'd love to hear some more from our listeners. Yeah, send more an email because I, I spent a morning recently cleaning out the entire email. With all the junk from saying, here's what you missed on Twitter this yeah, week. You yeah, know, all this really annoying little, little <laughs> spam. Crap, so. so we really want to hear from listeners. Yeah, I cleared out space. <laughs> <laughs> get out. <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> <laughs> Still get it. No, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, and both of us are quite active on Twitter, so contact yes. us there. Now, for our next episode, our coming up theme will be... Marathon movies, movies all about people running marathons. There's, there's Britney runs marathon. marathon. There's that Boston marathon, marathon movie with yeah. Mile Twenty Two, whatever it is, with with the Mark Wahlberg who we hate. <laughs> um, marathon Man. Yeah. No, we're talking about movies that are long. We wanted to do yeah. one about like movies over. I think our limit that we placed on it was two two hours fifty minutes was the minimum okay. run yeah. time of yeah. these things. Yeah, um, you got to stew in them a bit. Yeah, you <laughs> have to stew in them. Let it stew. <laughs> Let it stew. So we've got some interesting picks for there. 
uh, coming up for you. So stay tuned and listen for that one when that one comes out. And we should be we should be at this point releasing every two weeks. Yeah, is the design thing. But we um, caught up to ourselves. We've caught up to ourselves. We we exclusively beat the pandemic. No, we haven't. Yes, (laughs) we we have found the cure for coronavirus by podcasting. Yeah, listen to this podcast and you'll know. (laughs) (laughs) That's so insidious. Uh, well thank you guys so much for listening tune in again next time for our marathon movies and we'll see you we'll speak to you then bye Bye. Bye.